The following podcast has adult-themed sexual content and strong language, mostly because I have a potty mouth. Hi, I'm Adam, and this is Where Is My Nigerian Prince? Each week, I'll tell the tale of my search for love, the highs, the lows, the utter embarrassments, and the hopefully funny side of single life today. I also fully intend to rope in some friends to tell their stories along the way. And maybe, together, we can soothe the dating wounds of the entire world. Episode 1. Where's my Kiwi Princess? So this week is week one, and I have been wondering where to begin. In the end, I decided why not right at the beginning. My first and only proper girlfriend. Yes, I said girlfriend. And yes, I said proper. Because my first time was with a girl, and at least for now, I'm not going to talk about primary school or younger. I hear a sigh of relief from my collective childhood friends. Let's face it, everything before this was really just playing around. I grew up on the cusp of a world where being gay was still misunderstood, and being out was definitely out of the question at high school. I even remember my first thoughts on the subject being something along the lines of, wow, he's hot. Oh my god, I hope I'm not gay. I look back and I think it's quite amazing, actually, how much I knew, given how little information was out there, and how little I really knew about anything. But anyway, let's talk about Hayley, whose name I've changed for privacy. Being a member of a strict boys-only boarding school, not because my parents were wealthy, but because I had won a scholarship. Mm-hmm, yep, shining my fingernails on my chest. I was that smart. Was. <laughs> anyway, being a member of that school meant that opportunities to meet girls were limited, and being surrounded by hormonal and ignorant teenage boys meant there was no chance of meeting a boy. But that was okay. My mind was set firmly on the idea that I had to get a girlfriend and try to be straight. Because that would be the only way to be sure. Hopefully, it would deal with these problems. Thankfully, there was one option for meeting the opposite sex, which was on a semi-regular basis. My school would organise to unleash us hormonal teenagers on each other via an inter-school mixer. Generally, it was about four schools involved, two boys' schools, two girls' schools, and would happen a couple of times a year. I'd been to a few and was so uncool and so painfully shy and so unlikely to be, meet a girl that I hadn't considered it as a real option until the fateful day. There I was, dressed in purple loose-fit jeans and my favourite rainbow shirt. Don't judge. It was the 90s. It was the early 90s. I was cutting-edge cool. Purple jeans. <sighs> No one had them, and everyone coveted them. And I had no idea what rainbows were related to, or would be related to. I just thought I was cool. Regardless, 
There I was, standing alone in the corner of the dance hall, minding my own well-dressed yet super uncool business, when I saw a really pretty girl enter the gym with her friends. Wow, I thought. She has got to be the coolest girl here. Then I looked at my feet and shuffled back into the dark like some kind of weird little geeky vampire. Hiding in the corner was one of my favourite places. Nobody really bugged me there, and I could get through this whole entire uncomfortable event, usually fairly unscathed. About an hour later, though, I was inspecting the decorations to ensure they were, um, there, (laughs) when I could have crapped myself as a female voice asked me to dance. Surprised, I turned around with such speed that I literally bumped into her boob. Like something out of every horrible teenage angst movie you have ever seen. And I turned bright red as I realized that it was the beautiful girl that I had seen earlier. Not to be deterred by my ungainly breast bumpage, she asked again. And she grabbed my hand, pulling me onto the dance floor, looking like a stunned mullet. And I flopped along and danced to the beats of Eiffel 65 and CNC Music Factory. And as I slowly gained confidence, started to notice the other boys with their perplexed looks on their faces as I danced with this hot girl. I really had no idea why Haley was interested in dancing with me, but I sure as fuck wasn't going to question it. I followed along like a puppy. This girl, she was my mistress, and I was going to do whatever it took to keep her happy which would become a repeated theme of our relationship. But I'd never, ever seen the other boys look at me like that, like I was something special. Until that moment, in fact, my self-esteem had been in the toilet and my boarding school friends were hell-bent on keeping it that way. I do use the term friends very broadly. Let's face it, I didn't have many. But let's not pick on that scab too much. So seeing them balking at my success was pretty darn thrilling. Suffice to say, dancing led to an awkward teenage kiss, which came out of nowhere as she grabbed me and planted it on me. I mean, if I wasn't just thrilled beyond words, this whole thing would have verged on rape. (laughs) But I was too into it, and when we swapped numbers at the end of the dance, I was determined to be the best boyfriend she had ever had even if I really didn't want to touch her boobs again. (laughs) I mean, ooh, boobs. (laughs) We dated for a couple of months and became quite good friends. I remember being thrilled that I had a girlfriend because those friends I mentioned had one less thing to hassle me about, but I felt a lot of guilt. In my heart, Hayley never made it past friend. But for her, it seemed different. It seemed like she was very into me and felt much more than friendship because it was her who pushed everything along. It was her who would take a simple date and hold my hand. It was her who'd kiss me every time. And let's face it, I was scared beyond belief. I didn't know how to progress any further than kissing. But again, it was her who took my hand and placed it where I was too scared to. And her who touched me in a place that should have by now produced hairy palms and made me go blind if my mother was to be believed. 
I felt guilt and shame and secretly knowing full well I liked boys and that was made more complex by teenage hormones and an intense desire to keep all of this secret from people who wouldn't understand. So it led to small lies told to enable meetings without uncomfortable questions, which led to some more lies and they soon ballooned as reasonable excuses were needed as to why I didn't want to go home that weekend from school and as to where my money was being spent, a habit that would eventually bring me to the lowest point in my life. Lies. Not good. But that is something we'll talk about in episode two. But for now, everything was great and I was gladly boasted to those nasty schoolboys about my girlfriend especially after we found ourselves alone at her parents' house, where heavy petting led to the full act. What I never told them was that for me, it was really uncomfortable. It was a sweaty mess of things going places that were supposed to be normal, but felt about as wrong as a bowl of cereal served with gravy. I mean, it was bad. At the time, I actually considered never having sex again. And with hindsight, it was actually hilarious. Picture an elaborate trapeze act where one person is on a trampoline jumping up and down and the other is swinging back and forth wildly in the hope that making contact whilst trying not to knock each other out. (laughs) It was just so uncomfortable. And for those who are concerned out there, yes, we use protection. But again, the sex ed rolling it on a banana thing really was insufficient when your hands are shaking, your palms are sweating, and what you're about to do seems remarkably wrong. After the act, though, we quickly grew apart, sadly. Less and less phone calls, and neither of us making the effort to meet up again. All I knew was that I was thankful it was over. I had some street cred for now, and it was sure for me. I am gay. That might seem funny because it didn't help in many ways, being sure. I mean, I still had to lie. I still had to hide it. There was no security in anyone else knowing or being for sure of this thing. But for me, it was the big question of my life. And it brought some clarity. Gone were the days of intentionally trying to touch the boob of a woman for any reason other than annoying female friends by pretending they weren't straight. And I mean, ooh, your left one's a bit high, love. That sort of thing. (laughs) That was the end of my first love, but it wasn't the end of the story, thankfully. Years later, I would cross paths with Hayley in the streets of Auckland. There she was, gorgeous as ever, and she recognised me too. We had a huge hug and she was quick to rip off the band-aid. I am so sorry, Adam, she said, and I looked at her with true surprise and confusion. I used you all those years ago. There was silence for a moment until I finally said, What do you mean? I am a lesbian, Adam. I liked girls and I used you to prove it was the case. I'm really sorry you seemed so into me and maybe I broke your heart. Another moment of silence passed until I was unable to hold back my relief and I burst out laughing. I explained to her that I was doing the same. 
that the whole thing had been genuinely horrible for me too and that I'd spent years feeling bad that I was the one who hurt her. Together we headed to a cafe and sat down to catch up and with stories of loves and loves lost we would let go of all those feelings and be thankful that we'd found each other to try on the opposite sex and neither of us was worse for wear. I mean Haley and I were doomed from the beginning but I'll always be thankful for her. I mean how lucky was I to find that person to experiment with? And let's face it, that's what it was. It was teenage experimentation. To answer a question that was burning for both of us and to not hurt anyone in the process. We were very lucky. And because of her, she made it clear. And that clarity would eventually lead to me gathering the courage to coming out, the backbone to face the world squarely and say, it's not a choice. It's not a lifestyle. This is me. These days, sadly, we're not in touch. But I've changed enough details that no one shall recognize her unless, well, she listens to this. And if you do, Haley, you know who you are. Please get in touch. I'd be love to catch up with you. And so ended my first lesson in love. You often learn the most from abject failure. And as someone very important once said to me, nothing is ever lost if you learn from your mistakes. This has been a production of Adam Wright. I hold the copyright to this material. A huge thanks to my talented niece, Grace Beard, for turning my poorly written music into the theme music of Where's My Nigerian Prince. Next week, I will be back with episode two. Goodbye, my Kiwi Prince. But in the meantime, please let me know what you think. You can find Where's My Nigerian Prince on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at wheresmynigerianprince.com and of course wheresmynigerianprince at gmail.com Please let me know any thoughts and spread the word. Oh, don't forget the most important thing. Love yourself. <laughs>